Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, we are in the middle of a rather disjointed series on faith, and uh, I want to sum up where we've been so far and uh, where we are uh, going uh, today, and then, Lord willing, one more um, podcast on this. Uh, We saw previously that there are really three aspects of faith in the Bible. Uh, There is knowledge, there is assent, and there is trust. And so we looked at John Murray's definition of faith, where he said faith is knowledge passing into conviction, and it is conviction passing into confidence. And so there are three uh, different aspects present, knowledge, conviction, or we're calling assent, and then the third one is trust. Uh, And so we kind of unpack those different components of faith, uh, saying that we need really all three of them. And then last week, we looked at another component of faith, which we really kind of said in a lot of ways is a uh, summary of all of those three previous ones. And what we saw last week was what we call the direct act of faith. Um, What stands out in particular about the direct act of faith is that Jesus Christ is the object, and so we are looking straight to Christ. But this act of faith, the direct act, it uh, is contrasted with the reflex act of faith, which I want to see today. And this act of faith, that is to say the reflex act of faith, has more to do with the assurance of my salvation. And so, uh, kind of... um, built into that word reflex is it's kind of looking back onto itself. And so we're asking uh, not the question of, do I know that Christ can save? But the question of, do I know that Christ has saved me specifically? And so by the direct act, one believes Christ is able to save. By the reflex act, one believes Christ has saved me specifically. And this distinction... um, is, I think, one that uh, sometimes we have a hard time working through. You you may have heard someone say before, you know, I believe that Jesus can save, but I don't know that I truly have been saved. Uh, People may perhaps um, doubt uh, the direct act of faith uh, by saying Jesus can save, but um, he's not able to save me. Uh, because I've sinned too much, that actually is an attack on the direct act of faith and the reflex both. Um, But we're looking particularly at the reflex act. How can I know that I have been saved specifically? This is a fear, uh, talking about the assurance of salvation, that becomes a crippling fear for so many people. And many Christians spend prolonged periods of their lives wrestling through this issue. And so sometimes when they hear a convicting message, they have to, quote-unquote, get saved all over again just to make sure that they didn't miss anything. And then the next time they hear the gospel message preached, 
Uh, the pastor may word the message just slightly differently than perhaps maybe they've heard before, and so now they think, well, I have to accept the gospel that way. I didn't say that specific word, or I didn't think of that specific concept, or I didn't know that specific theological truth, and so now I have to get saved all over again by making sure I say this thing, or say that word, or believe this particular aspect of Christianity now. Some people, uh, even going to some... uh, drastic uh, degrees will actually seek out different churches and maybe even different religions and may adapt kind of a nomadic church life in an effort to make sure that they didn't miss anything all. And so they don't really have any one church they can call home. They want to experience all Christian faith traditions, as we might say it, and uh, be sure that uh, they didn't miss a theological nuance that this church missed and, and that this church has. And so they'll live in this life of a lot of anxiety oftentimes as well. And so they will live in a constant state of anxiety because of the uncertainty that they have about their own salvation. Sometimes people in this lifestyle may even embrace certain legalistic tendencies as a way of helping to ensure their salvation. Well, I know salvation's by grace, but it certainly won't help or won't hurt to to do this and to do that and to make sure I have this rule and that rule in my life and don't ever do this and don't ever do that. And we can become very consumed with our own efforts in just helping Christ along just in case as a way of making sure that I'm saved. So the question that we have to ask ourselves then, uh, whether you're in uh, the kind of minor end or the major end of this doubting your salvation, is um, how can we come to an assurance of our salvation? And the reflex act of faith is certainly a significant part of that process. And so we would do well to go see what the Bible says on this topic. We could look at numerous texts in the Bible, and let's just name a few. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or 1 John 1 and verse 6 says, If we have fellowship with him while we walk, or I'm sorry, if we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So someone who claims to be a Christian and yet walks in darkness, as John says, you are a liar and you are not a Christian. First John 2, verses 4 through 6, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Or 1 John 2 and verse 15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so in each of these passages, we are exhorted to test our justification by our sanctification. In other words, uh, you want to know if you've been justified or you want to know if you have been saved— then look to your sanctification, or we might say look to your obedience or your behavior. Christians, according to the Bible, are going to act like Christians, and so you need to look at that and see if you are really, truly in the faith. The Puritan John Flavel said, the examination of our justification by our sanctification is not only a lawful and possible 
but a very excellent and necessary work and duty. So this Puritan John Flavel commends us to examine our justification by our sanctification. Uh, But he also gives a warning in this same passage. He says this. He says, The eye of a Christian may be too intently fixed on his own gracious qualifications, and being wholly taken up in the reflex acts of faith, may too much neglect the direct acts of faith upon Christ to the great detriment of his soul. And so, uh, this Puritan Flavel here, he talks about in this one statement, the reflex and direct acts of faith. And he says, you could become too consumed with your own qualifications so that you even neglect looking to Christ as you are seeking to know whether you're saved or not. And so, taking these statements together, particularly the latter statement, we could be tempted to come to the conclusion that Flavel is discrediting the biblical commands to examine oneself. You might look at this statement that he writes and say, well, he certainly doesn't have a high view of these passages in the Bible that talk about examining ourselves by our sanctification. But I would suggest to us that nothing could be further from the truth. Why then does it seem like he has such a negative view of these biblical passages that talk about examining your good works to see if you are saved? Well, I would suggest to us, if we're understanding him correctly, that it's not the passages themselves that he has a negative view of. It is the failure of the Christian to take advantage of all of the evidences provided for us in Christ. His concern rightly expressed, is that Christians will only look at the reflex acts of faith and mistake the fruit of faith for the root of faith. So let's take one verse in particular that we've already seen, 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So John is telling us that we are to look and see, am I walking in the light or am I walking in darkness? And if I am walking in darkness, while I am saying I have fellowship with Christ, then I am a liar and I am not a believer in Christ. Now, what Flavel is saying here is he is concerned that we might be tempted to abuse this verse so that the turning away from darkness actually becomes the cause of my fellowship with the Lord. He's concerned that we'll make that mistake. He wants us to have a right application of this passage. And so that's what we're seeking to do is when we reflect upon these verses that tell us to examine our justification by our sanctification, we want to make sure that we are applying them correctly, that we have a right application, that we are not thinking that my sanctification is the foundation for my justification, because it's actually the opposite that's the case. But we have to understand correctly that my sanctification can give indications whether there is something going on in the root or not. And so how do I properly go about using these reflex passages, as we might want to call them? How can I know that I am saved? Well, the right use of these passages to do this, we must first understand the doctrine of justification by faith alone. 
And so we cannot begin to have an assurance of our salvation if we don't understand how salvation comes to the soul in the first place. And so we have to be grounded in this doctrine of justification by faith alone. And so in order to best apply and understand these passages which encourage introspection, we need to understand the way in which salvation comes to an individual. While I don't intend on giving a thorough ordo salutis or order of salvation today, uh, I do want to notice a few key markers uh, that I think will be beneficial to us. We must recognize that regeneration gives rise to believing, and believing gives rise to obedience, and obedience gives rise to assurance. This is important because it identifies the direction I go when I doubt my salvation. And so examining the spiritual fruit in your life is much like examining the check engine light on your vehicle. Imagine that you take your car to the shop and a technician plugs in his device uh, to your car and he gives you some, some certain code that pops up on the screen and he says you have such and such a problem because of such and such a code that's come up. Now here's one thing that you would not do or should not do is you should not ask him if he can reprogram the computer so as to permanently erase that code so that it never comes up again. Because that code identifies a problem, but tampering with the fruit, or we could say tampering with the code itself, without addressing the root, doesn't get to the heart of the issue. And in the same way, when you examine spiritual fruit in your life, which you ought to do, And when you look there and you see something that concerns you that is a problem, you don't get assurance by tampering with the fruit itself. You get assurance by going back to the source. In other words, you cannot get assurance of your salvation by trying to manufacture good works apart from your faith. You don't say, for instance, you know, boy, I'm I'm not so sure that I'm saved. I, I better help grandma across the street just to make sure I've done enough good things to be saved. Uh, to, to do this is, is to get it backwards. Where the trouble is uh, for us is that we have a difficult time trying to harmonize the reality that our salvation is by grace alone, to take that reality and harmonize it with the fact that we are also to look into our lives for spiritual evidences of obedience. It's like something short circuits in our mind. Well, is it grace or is it works? And we become confused, I think, sometimes when we look to our lives for fruit or evidence, and sometimes we can be very dismissive of that. Well, it doesn't matter because it's by grace alone. And that is to make a mistake. And then we can also make a mistake by trying to manufacture good works apart from faith. And so we are to look into our lives for spiritual evidences, but we are to understand that those are uh, aspects of the fruit produced, not the root that causes salvation. Sometimes it becomes hard to believe in eternal security while at the same time believing that my good works will demonstrate the reality of my salvation. But the important thing here to observe, and I think the error that Flavel wanted us to avoid, was the assumption that obedience could be produced apart from faith and apart from belief. The way to get assurance, then, is to practice 
the reflex act and to look at my own sanctification, but not to do that apart from faith. Not to think that I can produce this apart from belief. So instead of saying, boy, I better help grandma across the street, the response should be something different. We should use these passages to identify potential problems in our lives, but then, instead of directly trying to manufacture fake fruit, we should run to Christ. So use the reflex act of faith. Use the passages which encourage introspection to see what's going on, and then when there is a shortcoming, as there no doubt will be, run to Christ. Let me say it another way. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 6, the passage that we looked at just a moment ago, that passage is intended to be used as a mirror in order to help us see whether we are in the faith or not. But when you use a mirror and you identify a problem with your face in the morning, you don't take the mirror off the wall and begin to use it to try to fix the problem. If, if your hair is, needs to be fixed, you don't use the mirror as a comb or as a brush. The mirror has a purpose. It is to identify problems. Introspection helps you to identify problems, but it does not help you to solve problems that you have to go outside of yourself for. Introspection is where you look back on yourself, you take certainly the Bible itself and you compare it to your own life and you see where you are uh, failing. Uh, But instead of taking that mirror and that introspection and saying, I will solve the problem this way, introspection should push you to Christ, back to the direct act of faith. You can't use the mirror to fix the problem. You can only use it to identify the problem. And when you look to Christ and rest in the gospel, the Lord, in his grace, will produce the fruit in your life. Titus chapter 2 talks about this fact. It says, but the grace of God has appeared. Doing what? First of all, it says bringing salvation, which is justification. And then it says teaching us to deny ungodliness, which is sanctification. And so what we see in Titus 2 is that grace pushes us to grow. Grace not only justifies us, but it also sanctifies us. And so when we use the, direct, or the, the reflex act of faith to identify problems— but then we try to fix those problems apart from Christ, what we are doing is we are denying the process of sanctification the Lord has given to us, which is actually his grace. We're denying his grace when we do that. And so the answer then is to use the reflex act to push you to the direct act. Or we could say to use these introspective verses to push you to Christ. And while it always is not instantaneous... The more we get of Christ, the more we will respond in obedience. And the more we respond in obedience because of faith, the more we will be assured of our faith. And so we are exhorted, even in the assurance of our salvation, to run to Christ. He is always enough. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. 
To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.